When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to a whole new episode of Geekscape. This is episode 135 with uh, Nar Williams as my guest host. I am Jonathan London, and every week I like to cover the uh, latest news and reviews in the world of movies, video games, and comics with an esteemed guest host. And uh, this week we've lucked out again. So, Nar Williams here from the Science of the Movies, heads up. And uh, what are some of your other credits, Nar? Oh. That's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, that pretty much covers it, <laughs> which is fine, because we can't all be multi-hyphenates like the man sitting right here talking to you, host of Geekscape. No, he's an occasional writer Geekscape. on Geekscape. Oh, no, Gilmore. Oh, Gilmore. oh call me out on <laughs> camera. This, this guy on the left here hasn't written an, an article for Geekscape in a month. And that's why I said occasional. In a month. I went eight weeks solid on that bitch, y'all. Oh yeah. Well, uh, is that the longest? Uh, how long has your marriage lasted? Well, so, so that eight was, years. So, so that was the second longest uh, thing you've ever been dedicated to in your life. That was the <laughs> second longest commitment. <laughs> Nar Williams uh, used to write a Tuesday segment for us. Uh, someone say so. Uh, am I? At, is this the official? Am I getting the boot here? No, 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 Only you can say that. Writers take sabbaticals, guys. Unannounced sabbaticals? <laughs> I kind of told Jonathan. Wait, I, what? I kind of told Jonathan. Wait, what? But if Jonathan actually ran the everyday stuff on the site, he would have told you. Wait, wait, wait Gilmore, what? What did I have a sabbatical? We communicated. When about did we that. talk about a sabbatical? At Comic Con. I posted today. What? Today, as of the taping of this, I posted an avatar. Uh, review from Avatar Day for our good friend Brian. Oh, Walton, did you? Really? A brand new. Oh, good. I run some of the day to day on the site. Gilmore has a new job. He's become horrible at running oh. the site. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gilmore got a day job. He's probably the worst employee Geekscape has. All right. All right. I, I, okay. Oh, yeah. So you're saying the book I, stops here. You're saying I still have a. 
Yo, you still I have, still have hey. a column if I want it. No, I'm <laughs> saying there's a fr- I'm saying there's an empty <laughs> space. You still have an outlet? Week. You're saying there's an empty space every Tuesday? Because- yeah, every Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, what am I gonna do Tuesday? I guess I wake up at 4 a.m. I, I guess Gu- I guess Gilmore is sitting on Hong's articles just in case they can go That's into exactly the Tuesday. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> we have this other writer, well, he, well, Hong, he, who uh, well, writes well, articles, and then regularly. Gilmore then Gilmore doesn't put them up. Well, because like, we have something on Thursdays. Something just happens to happen on Thursdays, which is his regular day. And then I'm like, oh, Nar will probably flake. I will sit on, oh! I will sit on this till Tuesday so we have some good content. You guys called me. And you were like, oh, man, we need a guest for Geekscape. Could you come over? And you, like, played this whole shit. And this was all just a, a, a booty trap. This is actually booty, an intervention. This is a we big time intervention. Your family is here. Uh, 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 no, no, let me Nara, ask. No, we want to talk to you let, about. No, um, can I address this seriously? <laughs> because you're a writer. I am. And and one of the things that I, I found in I'm doing, a writer with deadlines as well. <laughs> doing the weekly column. And respect for those who give me deadlines. As opposed doing, uh, as opposed to doing like my blog, which is whatever blog, the fuck you feel like. Whatever right? I feel like, whenever I feel like, you know, the concept behind the column. There was a concept behind the column, and I and I figured out pretty early on that. I had to come up with something that fit that concept. You had to so, work. Yeah, I had oh. to. I had to actually brainstorm. Put effort yeah. into oh, wow. something. Exactly. Instead of just like, oh, this is cool. So, Check so wait, it wait, out. wait. Okay, so so you but ran, all I'm saying you is ran it's into a real a, growing pain. Yeah, yeah. You you ran into a problem when you had to actually put some kind of effort towards your <laughs> commitment. Hey, you know, I, and your marriage has made it eight years. I, well, I'm an on-camera personality. I I, I know how to whoa, talk whoa, whoa, whoa. with people. Quotes. What? Personality. Oh. <laughs> because Jonathan writes it for you. Kidding. Uh, no, I, I only write heads up, and then, and dude, this last episode heads up, motherfucker did almost a page one rewrite. <laughs> no, I mean, no, but Science of the Movies is delicious. Of the no, movies. there's no, dude, no, I right. love Science of the Movies. Okay, you know who loves Science of the Movies? Laura. Laura oh, cool. loves it. Very cool. I watch it. I she goes, like... you're not going to keep watching Nara? I'm like, sweetie, I got to do work. I feel it. Like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck you. I, I, I feel at home when I'm watching Nara. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. On that and Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes. Every time I see Nara on oh, Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, I'm like, ah, I should fucking. Yeah. You should fuck me? I should fucking see Nar? What? Uh, run. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, no, no. That's what I heard, Let's talk about I, the article. I'm here to defend myself. You guys brought me. No, no hold on. On Tuesday night. <laughs> all I know, no, all I know no, is you we brought, brought, the, okay. now, you brought up write. You brought up writing heads up. Now, I do do a lot of writing on heads up, like Jonathan mm-hmm. said. I do a lot of writing on all the stuff that I host, because I can write host copy like that. No big deal. But writing like a serious magazine. Want some hotcakes? What? Want some hotcakes? Hey, give them salsa, boys. No, uh, but I don't know. Um, but but you know, I found the magazine format a, li- a little different. Challenging. No, but that doesn't mean I'm not gonna get better at it. I'm not gonna give it a second try. But but Nara, you don't get better at something unless you work at it. Unless you do it, man. There there is no evidence that no you have put pen to paper. Um, in a month. So, what about Avatar? What did you think? We'll get to that. About Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> what would have been interesting was having an article on Avatar with your thoughts. Well, I did. We could I have know he did. To. That's the last thing he did was the live uh, live blog from Comic Con. Yeah. I, Fuck you, Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> now, guys, uh, Nar Williams here uh, is going to run home and write tomorrow's article at the culmination of this oh, program. Oh shit! It's I'm due tomorrow. Fucking kidding, what dude. Why don't okay. you give us an article next Tuesday? You know, and you know what? You know what? Let's make things easier for Nar. Uh, Nar, your article was about 
technology in the real world. How it was like pulp science. Pulp science. How 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 like science. <laughs> it was about it was about what something was about? that I see in the movies, which I think is cool, and I wonder if it science, exists in the real world. Science, technology. Science in the movies. But but after. Are but, you finding that to be too? Well, well the river kind of started to run dry after you know. Mm-hmm. It's like especially after summer movie blockbuster right. season. You know what I mean? Right. It's like yeah, I did something with Transformers with GI Joe. Blah blah blah. Oh, yeah, I did. You didn't do shit with GI Joe. I did the fucking Delta Six. You don't you even did. read my oh, columns. Oh, oh, you did. You did. You did. You did. It was really just did. so long ago. All right. And you know what the other thing is? The it's like whenever I'm trying to upload that column, it's on Tuesdays, and Tuesdays are the day that the video goes up, right? Not anymore. We don't have that problem anymore. The videos are independent of the site now. Right. Super awesome. Okay. You, you know it. But he did get fucked on the Tuesday. He used to get fucked on the Tuesdays. But Tuesdays are really good days statistically for the internet, not on our site. Well, <laughs> throw, throw up an article now and then. Would, uh, would you want us to not do it as like science anymore? Do you want us to do something else? Like, well, like, that's what I'm what thinking. Do you write what about? I'm trying to think of like is, is another is something else. Today, but today's right welcome to long boring phone conversation. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. Let's let's move. Not on. so boring when you're busting balls. I don't think. Yeah, no. I don't think. Balls uh, appropriately busted. So uh, Nar, yeah, you've learned your lesson. Yeah. Don't fuck with the anal geeks. Never do anything <laughs> for Jonathan again. <laughs> that really is the lesson. Uh, Brian Gilmore, fresh from vacation. Ready to roll. <laughs> movies. Okay, so guys, movies is how we start the show. Two movies I saw this past weekend. Uh, I, was lo- I was looking forward to one, not so much the other, but uh, they both made it into uh, into my heart. Um, guys. Post grad. Uh, Post grad was one of them. Uh, no, it wasn't. I will not watch postgrad. I did run into, uh, I was tutoring. Uh, I'm tutoring essays now for college kids who want to get into college, and one of them said that his girlfriend dragged him to postgrad. <laughs> How are those kids that are trying to get into college? Can they write? No comment. Okay. Yeah, they can. They're actually, they're actually good, good kids. All right. uh, maybe they should write a column for us on Tuesdays. To be- Oh, 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 is that what you're getting at? You wanted to try and do like a ghostwriting thing with some of these <laughs> I should. Nar, I will pay N- Nar now wants a 17-year-old to write his articles for no, us. No, we'll just have like a part of the site where all the letters are different colors and they all look all bubbly and we'll call it Kidscape. The, the funny thing is, our best writer is 18. <laughs> he started when he was 16. Jake Lopez. Jacob Lopez. Uh, oh, Jake. Yeah, running circles around you. Um, Nar. <laughs> the best... The best way to defend oneself is to be a p- passive resistance, and that's what I've discovered with Jonathan. Is that's cool. every jab, just kind of let it go. He'll yeah. move on to movies at some point. Yeah, so, so yeah, Tiananmen Square. <laughs> it really worked out. For- <laughs> I'm basically the tank. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, guys. Speaking of tanks, uh, this World War II movie brought to us by Quentin Tarantino and Glorious Bastards. We've been looking forward to this movie. Most of you guys have for quite some time now. We've known about it for years that he was working on this movie. The rumor like was it was supposed years. to be like an action superstar movie, closely related to the original Inglorious Bastards. But uh, as you know, things started moving along. It seems like Quentin recently wrote the draft that showed up on screen this past weekend, and uh, it stars Brad Pitt, Eli Roth. Oh, but, okay, yeah, Eli Roth, who boo. totally fucked it, fucked you at, at Comic Con two years ago. I would have liked that character if it wasn't played by him. Yeah, uh, we've got a, a, a bunch, you know how Quentin Tarantino does it, some obscure actors, some big actors, putting them all together in the uh, character ensemble, and then he throws in a bunch of his dialogue, and and, uh, and there you have it, Inglorious Bastards. This movie was advertised really about this gang of uh, Jewish 
soldiers who go around attacking Nazi soldiers and killing them in order to strike fear into the Third Reich in Nazi-occupied France. That's what was advertised. The truth is this movie is really about a Jewish survivor whose family is massacred. She goes on to, uh, to own this theater in a small Jewish town and there's going to be a premiere at the theater where the highest ranking officers of the, of the Nazi party are going to come to this theater and watch this huge production, right? This huge, we are Nazis, we're amazing kind of production, right? Uh, Hitler's going to attend, Goebbels is going to attend, and the son of a bitch who killed her family in the opening scene, right? Okay. She sees it as an opportunity to fuck them. To burn the damn theater down and kill all of them. <laughs> that's, really, that's really what this movie's about, right, Gilmore? Okay, the, the Inglorious Bastards, that's the title... These guys are really just a tool, Go, like a force of nature working their way through France, killing Nazis, and they're all going to come to a head in the theater on this big climactic night. That's what the movie is about, right? So you have all these different storylines, and really the one that, th that drives the film is the storyline of this French uh, Jewish girl who, Honey Bunny. Who, is in, <laughs> who has inherited this theater and sees this opportunity to get revenge on this guy. Um, that is when the movie works. The movie is long, and there are scenes there that feel long. Uh, it feels to me like there are literally like eight, ten scenes in this entire movie, but all of them are very long. I know there are more scenes than that. I know some of them are actually pretty short, but uh, when this plot line of revenge and when this big villain mm -hmm. is on screen, the movie just clicks. This is the detective. The detective. The, the Nazi detective. The hunter. The hunter. The hunter. And he's played by this uh, German television actor. I forget his name. He, he's 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 not actually from Germany. I think he's from. Uh, I read I read an article in the LA Weekly on him, and he is the guy who's going to come out of this movie with the highest rise in stock. He is phenomenal every time he's on screen. From the opening scene where he's in, where he's interrogating very casually this this guy who runs a French farm and has his daughters uh, about whether or not he's um, harboring Jewish. A Jewish family mm -hmm. That scene Puts chills down your spine The writing is so good And the camera Is so carefully placed It really got me excited To watch a Tarantino movie again I wasn't that into Death Race As a matter of fact You guys will remember I was actually death really Hard proof. on Death de On Death Proof I didn't see Death Race uh, I was actually really hard On Death Proof hey, But um but no, this. Uh, I, let me this ask you a question because I didn't see this. The movie Tarantino yet. is back with this movie. If you but didn't like Death Proof, well, one of the reasons I like Tarantino and I think most people like Tarantino is because he has a very unique voice, right? right? And, and and you can hear that voice in his movies and in his characters, and it's the same voice you see when he's on Charlie Rose being interviewed, right? right? But one something that someone pointed out yesterday on the set yeah. of Heads Up is that sometimes the characters in a Tarantino movie. All sound like Tarantino. They're all witty. They're all smart. They're all funny. They're all you know bouncing dialogue yeah. off of each other, and they don't really feel like their own distinct characters. Would you agree with that? Is I, that I think this is where he has actually stretched the most. You know, I, I think that kind of stuff might have been really true in Reservoir Dogs. A little, slightly less so in Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown. Uh, the characters were so kind of. Uh, I, th I thought that that Uma Thurman was such a force of nature throughout the Kill Bill movies that really it was her and Bill and a couple of the other characters were slightly different. But you get that in this movie. This bad guy is just a super smart son of a bitch who speaks four languages throughout the course of the movie. He's a great bad guy. He's a phenomenal bad guy. Mm -hmm. He's up there with Ray Fiennes as far as evil Nazis go. Right. That just 
own the screen every time they're on it. Uh, the girl who owns the theater, I thought she was not. She was good. She was not spouting Tarantinoisms, right? Yeah, she wasn't. You have Brad Pitt's character, who's kind of a, a more more of a yokel who talks tough than anything, and uh, and every now and then you'll get scenes with uh, various other characters, and. They're they're making references. It's obvious that they're well read. They're educated people. You know, but it doesn't seem like they're referring to anything that's outside of what they would actually be experiencing in their actual lives. I think that this is easily the mo uh, the best characters that Tarantino's ever written. Hmm. I I think they're the ones that are the least Tarantino-ish. But he is going to write them in that style, regardless. That Even kind though, of that, yeah, I mean, I mean, kind of, yeah, I mean, that's his style. You know, and uh, and just like the cameras, that's his camera. It's a very careful camera. It's a it, it, it's it, it's a camera that's been taught to him by watching a ton of movies, and setting up tension. I mean, almost every scene in this movie is just a fuse burning scene. You know, where you know by the end of the scene there's going to be an explosion. People are going to hit the ground, and one way or another you're gonna you're gonna get some kind of climax by the time we we, we roll to the next chapter. That's what I loved seeing in this movie was just how he set up the pieces in each scene and then watched them slowly come together to have that explosion. Uh, sometimes it's something very small and the guy walks off and you see it emotionally inside of the character. Sometimes it literally is bullets flying. But uh, there's a variation of my patience in watching each of these scenes. I think there's one in particular in the basement bar that I think is a little too long. Oh, Jesus. That's, that's a very long scene with a whole lot of characters. But uh, for the most part, I think that this is one of my favorite movies of this year, and arguably my favorite one that he's done. Can I wow. say that? Wow. Re no, I sure as hell can't. Better than Reservoir what, Dogs? What, what is your favorite Tarantino movie, Gilmore? Uh, I haven't seen Reservoir Dogs in a long time. I, I'm thinking if I go back, it'll be like kind of like Seven, where it's a little dated. Uh -huh. If you go back, I don't know how I don't know how Reservoir Dogs holds uh, holds up, but I still like Pulp Fiction. I like you know I own both those movies I enjoy Pulp them. A blast. I also like the Kill Bill movies. The Kill Bill I, movies I mean, are second together for me. I mean I like his stuff, but this movie for for so, for some reason I liked him playing in uh, almost a different genre. I mean this isn't contemporary. Right. These are, the, people can't refer to Big Macs in this movie. Yeah. I mean th th this is a World War II film through and through, but he still has his way of throwing style in there. A little bit of uh, of, of not modern songs, but a modern music style is a driving beat. Uh, and these things reverberate what you're seeing on the screen in the characters. I, I mean, I thought this was an exciting movie to watch, even with the length of some of these scenes. Um, if you guys are fans, go for it. I can definitely see how people have some criticisms towards the movie, especially its length. Some people even called the movie boring. But really, look at what's going on in each of the scenes. Especially, I mean, I, I saw this movie by myself because I needed a little bit of a of a creative kick in the ass. I needed some inspiration. I was like, I'm going to go see this movie by myself, which I do very rarely because it's such a social experience for me seeing a movie. Hmm. And I went by myself, and it became a very personal two and a half hours where I was just really, really enjoying being in the hands of a filmmaker who was spinning on it was spinning and he's, every place he's always no matter if his movie's weak or strong or whatever he's always inspiring in some way i found creatively yeah. i mean that race and death proof the movie that i really cannot stand sitting through because i call it blah 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 zoom that's what i nicknamed that movie uh well some, uh, some is uh, just i mean you know he's he, he's thinking and he's he's working hard on everything and i, I like that in, the, in a time now where you get lazy ass directors who are very sloppy the script sucks 
you know, you might as well have this, not even well, have I, these scenes. And one thing that Having I, a guy who knows everything that he's trying to do and is designing everything down to the T, down to the very smallest detail, I And to that I, I point, that. I know that about him working hard and being technical, um, I know that they only used practical effects in, in this film. They, there were no, uh, you know, CGI. There was no virtual effect. There was no compu extra computer. Look at the stuff they pull off. Generated shit. It's all on camera effects, practical effects. Um, because I got to interview a few people that that worked on it, mm -hmm. and they were like, that he was very insistent that no, they weren't going to add anything else. Like it had to work, you know. And can you make this work? Um, so you know, that in and of itself is admirable. Yeah, the the I mean, I this is this is probably the first movie this year that I want to see again. Even really, not year. even Moon. Oh, Moon! You know, I I thought Moon was really great, but it gave me that sense. It effectively, gave me the sense of claustrophobia the characters were feeling, and it just gives me a little. I mean, I would see Moon for the directing. I would see Moon for the writing. I loved Moon, but. Uh, no, this one just just this one just got me really excited watching it. I'm not saying it's my favorite of the year because I still love World's Greatest Dad and I still love District Nine. But this movie had me excited, hmm. you know, as a, from a directing perspective because I was like, I, I really admire somebody who's doing this, you know. I, I mean, I love District Nine, but it's not it's wow. just not the stories I want to tell. I, I haven't thought of favorites of the year. Yet, yeah, I mean, here we are. Well, guys, August. we got to start. August. Yeah, it's August. Yeah, drag me to hell so far. Drag Me to Hell, again, another director who has a very deliberate hand and but a and very careful Drag eye and design. Was a ride, it was a ride, but it was a ride that he just designed through and through. Every shot perfect. in there builds. I, I love Drag Me to Hell. I was holding on barely to yeah. Inglorious Bastards. Loved it. You were? You, you were pushed, your patience was pushed on Inglorious Bastards. It was pushed pretty hard. Yeah. I can see why people are saying that because, man, yeah. there's some shit that's long in that movie. Yeah. But I'm sitting here and I'm just watching it and I'm like, oh, he's now moving the camera. Oh, this frame is pushing in, but it's very slight. Oh, this is this is a punch in. Oh, this is. I mean, look at how he's framing it. I get excited by shit like that. I, I get super excited by stuff like that. But I, as a I, non-film school student, oh, it's like it's like oh, Jesus. Yeah. And no. I actually had that thing where the you very kind smallest of, things you miss me so your favorite, You miss your favorite characters. Like I miss Brad Pitt. The whole movie. Did I'm you like, really? I'm like, ah, oh, bring back the fucking titular characters. But but the, I thought that the, the, the bastards are when the movie slowed to a crawl because really their goal, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the one that you thought was gonna work. You knew this girl was gonna see it through because of how horrible the beginning of this movie is, and I loved it. The, the, that first scene is one of the best written. Best directed the first scenes scene I've amazing. seen in a long time. But he always get, has great first scenes. Phenomenal. Scene. His first scenes are always ridiculous. Yeah. So guys, speaking of filmmaking masters, another one of my favorites <laughs> that I've been in love with since about the same time. Uh, my first interactions with uh, Miyazaki was when when I, I, I was telling somebody this this weekend. When you got a when you first got a car in high school, you were excited because you could go out with your friends and look for girls, right? When I first got my license in high school, I was excited because I could go down to the University of Texas and hang out with the college kids who were running the anime club and watch Miyazaki movies. It was there that I first discovered one of my Nausicaa. favorite movies ever, which is Lapita Castle in the Sky. Oh. The following weekend was Nausicaa. Yeah. And those two movies for me just uh, were those, so those incredible. Were, so like, so, like how, how old were you? Uh, I, I just got my license, so I was—I uh, like, probably had a 15, probably had a, a driver's permit, 
in a learner's permit in 15, 16. It was like there. early 90s or some shit? It was 1994. 19, it was All right, so like, I, like, like anime back in the day was mm-hmm. like shitty VHS dubs that you yeah, trans with fans guys for fans. at comic shops. And they said fans for fans on yeah, the dubs. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. There, was no, there was no big you know anime well, section at well, Borders or any of this. Well, John Lasseter at Disney had yet to have brought all them over and gotten James Vanderbeek to redub the main character in Lapita. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you felt there was this sense of discovery in, the, in, in, the, in those movies that you yeah. remember yeah. like that. And uh, I think Ninja Scroll was one. Or not Ninja that was Scroll. Big. Uh, Fist of the North Star, the North Star. was a big one. Yeah. Um, of course, Akira. But yeah, uh, Maizaki was one of them. Um, but, uh, Nausicaa, but, but looking back, Nausicaa, are you saying that I think was like age? the first. No, no. I, no, what I'm saying is that you have this sense of nostalgia and you always love that filmmaker. Right. Um, the thing about that though is, is sometimes when you when you frame it like that, you think that looking back they don't hold up. I had a conversation today with with uh, somebody about this movie Ponyo that you that came out uh, widely in the states uh, the past week or two, and uh, this movie Ponyo was also called Ponyo on a Cliff, Ponyo Fish by the Sea, whatever it was called in Japan. Here in the states it's called Ponyo, and it's about a uh, a little fish girl whose father is king of the sea. He, he uses magic to try and balance the 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 sea and and protect it. He's fucking Namor, right? And uh, and and he you see him doing magic spells and making sure the sea is all right. And his goal is to return the sea to the Cretaceous period where the the sea was king. He had all these amazing ma- things, and he just hates humanity. He again we have these Miyazaki themes of anti pollution, mm-hmm. yeah, pro very environmental, pro environmental. And uh, he really is upset with the humans. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, his little daughter, Ponyo, just wants to escape and see what life is all about. So it's almost Little Mermaid. And there's also those other themes are are these children, usually yeah. uh, girls, like being spirited away, right. pun intended, on the on these little journeys of like discovering the uh-huh. world that they've never seen. Yeah, that's all here. I mean, she she gets away from them. She washes ashore in this bottle and is discovered by this young kid. And he's five years old. They're five years old in this movie. And uh, he t- cares for this goldfish. The goldfish falls in love with him. It's this little girl. Uh, falls in love with him and then is brought back to the sea by her father. And she's trying to escape from her father because she wants to grow hands and legs and be a little girl mm-hmm. and fall in love with this boy. And when she does that, when she escapes and kind of destroys the dad's lab, there's a little bit of a... Of a uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice kind of scene where she destroys the lab, she gets out, and all of nature's fury of the sea is unleashed. And in the middle of this just tsunami-like catastrophic storm, she works her way to try and find this boy who lives on an island with his mom. His father is a fisherman out at sea, and uh, there's this scene that's just horrid where the mom is literally endangering her five-year-old son to try and get back to their home so they can light the the, the lighthouse beacon for. Uh, for their father and all the fishermen and they're racing against waves and uh, I can't even think about the child endangerment that goes on but in does it movie. take does it take because yeah. what I've noticed in the Miyazaki movies late you know I don't know maybe over the last five or ten years um, I used I used to feel like I was like a part of the world and on the ride the right. whole time but it seems like 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 in Spirited Away and, and some of the other later Hales like they take a turn, like 
yeah. like ma maybe halfway or three quarters into the movie, mm -hmm. they take this turn where it's just like, holy shit, that just got really <laughs> fucking weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, and I think that's what I was getting to. In this movie, you have this very simple story like I just described, and right about that time when they meet back up again and, 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 and the, the, the sea is really getting out of control, you now see her her mother show up and she's this goddess and things start getting in a really eastern like yeah. voice that, I, I think eastern? it is I, I think it's east versus western kind of uh, or is it just aesthetics. Japanese shit man I no, don't know I, another great example is like uh, there was a there was an anime series called Berserk I don't know if you guys uh -huh. ever watched it it's fucking phenomenal and, and and there's 26 episodes and it's like this medieval fantasy anime series it's really great and and the first weird. 22 episodes like me and boo are watching and we're like this is the best anime we've ever watched this is the best fucking anime we we loved it we watched it like in three days first 22 episodes awesome and then like the last three or four episodes all of a sudden all the major characters without explanation are in hell getting <laughs> fucked up the ass by demons and like rape <laughs> it's like fucking nuts dude it's just like what and you're like what the fuck just happened? You got a couple missing reels? It's just like, it's like, what happened? You have no clue what the fuck just happened. And and, and I wonder, is this the effect? Yeah. Is this the long-lasting cultural that. effect of dropping a, a, a hydrogen bomb on a country? You know what I mean? Two of them. You know what I mean? This is not to the extreme that... I thought Howl's Moving Castle had parts in it that were just absolutely inaccessible. You know, I was like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on? Uh, Spirit Away had that to an extent. Yeah. I, I thought that the rewrite that um, that Neil Gaiman did on Princess Mononoke was awesome. I was, oh, yeah. I was Princess in that Mononoke movie 100%. It was fucking awesome, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, this movie has a, a very, very accessible first two-thirds. <laughs> yeah. And then you get it because it's so simple, but it is pretty weird. <laughs> and, uh, and luckily it has one of the most amazingly stuck-in-your-head sweet... Uh, theme songs during the end credits that make you fall in love with it. Uh, all it I know is that when I got home, I downloaded it off of iTunes, and after the twentieth, did straight you really? Yeah, after the twentieth straight playthrough, Laura made me turn it off. <laughs> like, no, really. She's like, no more of the ponyo 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 fishy in the sea song. Uh -huh. Okay, <laughs> a little bit like that, but a little more magical. Ponyo, it's like ponyo ponyo little fishy in the sea. I was singing it. I was singing it all Friday when we were doing this Hollywood Outdoor Cinema, the Fight Club. Yeah. I was just walking around, going, doing all my little chores as a volunteer, helping out with the event. Bon your bon your little fishy in the sea, and then I'd change words out and be like, "People are coming to Fight Club movie." Um, <laughs> that's it, guys. I recommend it, but uh, it is a gorgeous movie. I love the fact that. That that um, you know what helps. His studio is still doing hand drawn animation, but man, uh, yeah, that last act, you guys are gonna be well, like, yeah, huh? when, when shit gets crazy, it helps to watch if you, on drugs, really. Well, as a straight edge kid, that is not an option for me. So what I do is I choke myself to cut off oxygen. To my brain. <laughs> the endorphins. <laughs> um, so guys, uh, what do we want to talk about next? Let's talk about Bioshock. The, uh, the, the news, news here. Like, Verbinski, did he get forced out or did he quit? I think that it, it reached such... We don't know. That's the truth. We don't know. There's words in rumors to either effect. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But the, 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 but the, but the, but the, the budget was, the budget was going shit. out of control. Yeah. Right now they've found a guy that they think might be able to rein it in. His name Steven is Juan, Juan Carlos Fresnadillo. And you guys know him because he directed 28 Weeks Later. Oh. Which I thought was an okay sequel. 
Robert Robert Carlyle will find you anywhere is what that movie was about. It was like it doesn't matter if he's a zombie and brain dead. Mm. Robert Carlyle will find you anywhere. Anywhere. He just happens to be wherever you're gonna head. Robert Carlyle's already waiting for you, which is something we already know. I would be so pissed if that happened to me in real life, like in a zombie apocalypse of any kind, and then the one guy I'm trying to avoid is around, I'm like, come on! <laughs> really? And the other thing is, it's Robert Carlyle. <laughs> and you owe him $20. No, I don't have What that. if Robert Carlyle shows up everywhere and he's like, my $2. <laughs> he's a little kid from he's Better like, Off Dead. Yeah. And he's like, my $2. $2. That's basically what Robert Carlyle was in 28 Weeks Later. He was the little kid from Better Off Dead asking for $2. He was the $2 kid only with... The zombie with virus. Your, with your brain, yeah. That's not and bad. Body. Yeah. That's not bad. I wonder if that was an inspiration. Carlyle's like the main guy in the new SG, in the Stargate Universe series. Yeah, what do you, are you into the Stargate stuff? No, I'm no. not. But I, it, it looks... This, does, does, this, does his star appeal make you want to maybe watch it? No, but what makes what makes it more appealing than the other Stargates is that it, it has a different look. It, it looks... it's. I think it purposely trying to look more like BSG. It mm-hmm. is, I've seen and, this. And that it has a more of a gritty, darker, mm-hmm. you know, look to it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, if they can make that work, if they can get the same kind of writing and performances out of that cast, then yeah. you know, maybe it'll be good. Or make an animated one so you can have a theme song that goes, Ponyo, Ponyo, Little Stargate. You know, and see? speaking of Battlestar Galactica, what the fuck is up with Brian Singer? Thinking signing you can just on come in here to and do another Battlestar Battle Galactica <laughs> film. It's like, I don't like know, why would you even want to try and follow up that series? At least let it breathe for a few years. Well, I mean, I think the last two seasons let it breathe. <laughs> it, it died and was buried for two years. In my memory, it was already gone. And no, it it so you're really ready good. for a singer remake that has nothing where you don't see the old man he, he, and you don't see Roslyn. Oh, uh, Bibiani and I were in a in the car headed to the Hollywood Art or Cinema we were talking about this very subject he was he was arguing what you were arguing and I said you know what I'll wait for the trailer because uh, let's admit it if the trailer kicks ass and looks like a good two hour you know thrill ride you're gonna go see it regardless it and, 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 and you will make it and you will make the very clear distinction that this isn't yeah the 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 siffy sci-fi you know one that you know and love you, you'll, you, you'll make you'll, you'll make the, <laughs> the very you'll, you'll make a very clear distinction in your mind you know you will sitting in that theater you'll understand it's a whole new thing and you know what they're gonna bring back a little robot uh, bear so I'm happy remember that from the original that little box yeah. boxy had uh, that little thing well, Starbuck oh yeah the little, little bear yeah. no thank you what he was a little bear in the space Ponyo, um, Ponyo. Boomer was the black guy. Boomer was the black Thank you, Laura. Uh, the uh, Avatar trailer. Did you enjoy this? I mean, because you yes, talked about it. You talked about great. it. I watched it like 12 times in high def. It's about, that, it's about that so Jedi this is, from the so, prequels, right? So this is another intervention. <laughs> well, no, I'd like... He wants no. to, Laura I just want, goes 12 it, well, times. It's only a minute long. That's 11 more times than I watched. I, I, no, but I'm not, no, like, what was it? I didn't what? hate it. Uh, and you know, but you I'll were see hating it. on it. But I think I think it looks like. Oh my god! Wait. It looks great. I was I was on your side so. It's then. a great trailer. It, it's a it's an op, it's really good for a Mass Effect two dude, trailer. There are dragon riders battling mech suits in the fucking air, dude. Whoa. Um. That's that that's what that's what geeks I I know I that know. I know they're gonna sign it. That's what geeks have dreamed about for fucking years. But seeing listen, on, it on looks camp, like you know? Fern Gully. 
No, uh, Meat. stop it. Battle for Terra. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of my sentiment when I started seeing the it's, silliness it's, happen. It, it, it looks I was more like, like Nausicaa, which we both just said was awesome, than it does but, look like Ferngl. I mean, yeah, it's, it does it look kind of lush and exotic. Is the G and, word. <laughs> colorful okay <laughs> you know but i mean but but what's wrong with that you know no no you know what the same way i reserve the judgment on the battlestar galactica even though i call it fern gully make it silly sound silly the let me tell you the second i see it through 3d goggles yeah and see it come alive in front of my face i'm either sold or not sold you know what i mean like right now i'm just kind of being like a little hard on it because, but the, because but but t- let me tell you, the second I put those 3D glasses on and it takes me for that damn thrill ride, and it, it gives, right now I don't know the characters. I'm not invested. I see a dude from T4 in the wheelchair. He's the dude from T4. Already has a strike against him. You know what I mean? He was in T4. I see some big seven-foot elf dude come up. Looks like Fern Gully. Okay? I didn't like Fern Gully. Another strike against it. All right? <laughs> it does not look I see shitty. shit that looks like Battle for you, Terror. There's no argument I know, you can I, make. I, I know it doesn't look shitty, but neither did the Mass Effect trailer that it looks like. Neither do all the video game stuff that it looks like but sometimes those games are shitty why is it called avatar because those things are your avatar the big blue cat things are the human's avatar right like they you possess them they possess them yeah, you didn't get that from the trailer that Sam Worthington's character can now walk because he's in the body of an avatar? I was just making sure that that was what the avatar was. Yeah. Then, why did they, then why is Avatar The Last Airbender called Avatar? Uh, I've never watched The Don't Last Airbender, but you should Don't ask Bibiani about that because he's been trying to get me to watch it. He let me borrow the first two DVDs. I want to check it out. Is it good? I haven't started it yet. Oh. Watch it with us. All right. Um... <laughs> No, no, again, I will reserve Colorful. full judgment until I have the 3D glasses on. Because, dude, I've sat through Beowulf 3D twice. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, see, talk I just about like the shitty 3D. looking. I like, like Beowulf looks, you know, yeah, I like the movie, but it, it looks, looks a little shitty. gummy. Right. It's like I am in the Uncanny Valley right now. And, you know, right. uh, and, and apparently that's where Grendel's from. But, you know, I watched the Avatar footage, and I didn't get the Uncanny Valley at all, even if they were gigantic cat people. Right. You know? Um, that looked. I I was sold on it. I, and there are dragons. There are people riding dragons. They're not really dragons as much as they're big bird things. No, come on. They're dracon. They're draconic. Yeah, it looks like what 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 the land in Up looked like before, uh, like a hundred <laughs> years before. What if that's just the land from Up? <laughs> before the dogs got there and ate it's everything. Like 500 years before. What about now? What speaking of dogs? What about the Wolfman trailer? It's another trailer that came out this week. Yeah. And I was just like, dog uh. transition, Williams. Yeah. I would have really liked to have seen uh, the original director take on uh, the one. Uh, what's the name? The the, the uh, guy who did One Hour Photo. Oh. He, he was supposed to direct this movie. Was he? Shortly before he who, got replaced, directed it? Joe Johnson, who's doing Captain America next, who yeah. I really, really, really like. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, for the trailer, um, it looked corny. Okay. To okay. me, I mean, it looked good visually, but I mean, it just seemed like like it only stagey hit, and costumey, like, and it like didn't it, feel like it only hit the right beats, but nothing more. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It didn't pique my interest at all. Did it pick? You know, did you, did it make you want to see it? I mean, no. And I'm gonna grow up. Nick Gregorio cast me in this movie that he's directing, and so I can't shave until the 11th. No, I'm shooting the 11th and then the 14th. I can't shave until the 15th. Yeah. So I'm just gonna you turn know. into a wolfman before all the geeks escape. Now, what, what is the role that you're playing? 
Remember when Erwin from Dirty Vato Clothing had me shoot those photos of him? Uh, had me shoot those photos of me in his clothing line, and I looked like a gang member? Yes. Nick Gregorio saw that and said, I want you to play the gang member. And I said, listen, That's are you are you crazy, Nick? I was like, there's nothing tough about me. He goes, no, 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 I think you can pull it off. I go, yeah, until I open my mouth and sound like a puss job. <laughs> like, no. And, and he worked on me, he worked on me, he worked on me. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So what I'm thinking about doing to make myself look more gang member-y uh, is, is grow, the, <laughs> grow the hair out, have him, whatever, whatever you want to do with my hair, Nick, do it. And then instead of shaving my hair or like cutting my hair short growing it long and then slicking it back yeah. like a fucking me familiar me type grease. shit yeah. give me some grease yeah then i can hair net it i can bandana it whatever and i'll look like a mid-80s guy mid-80s mid-80s gangster yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know man i don't know i'm kind of out of my i'm kind of wow. out of my element with, here with two gonna, guns crossed over your i'm yeah. the boss t-shirt <laughs> you know, i'll look like, like a chopper. bad guy from a steven i'll, I'll look like a half mexican chopper you know what <laughs> if, if if i if i if i only get as tough as a bad guy in a steven seagal movie <laughs> i'll have to live with that right, a little bobby six yeah. killer action yeah so guys um what games are you you know the Hold summer on, I got the games I wanted to talk about Todd McFarlane getting excited to write a brand new Spawn movie did he see the first Spawn movie see, he had to have seen the first <laughs> Spawn movie all I read was on news, <laughs> this news I read that Todd McFarlane is excited to start writing he's, he's started to write a new Spawn movie and that it's gonna it's, it's not gonna be too much from the comics so the new movie is just gonna be a standalone dark oh, that's a good, story yeah. that's like me turning that's a great in direction. that like one essay that I forgot to do in high school mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to start working on this essay from high school <laughs> <laughs> no seriously it's like well, then why make a Spawn movie if it's not part of the you know why not just mythos make, yeah, yeah <laughs> if it's you not know. part of the John Leguizamo mythos <laughs> <laughs> I'm a clown <laughs> Uh, I had literally blocked out of my brain that he was in that fucking movie. <laughs> Thank you, Gilmore. Oh, hey, Spawn. Hey, Spawn. Hey, Spawn. I'm the sloth from the Ice Age. <laughs> I have a lisp. That makes me a little kooky. Um. <laughs> that sells the zaniness. That's Malaboligio. What the fuck that the giant Satan looking thing is in the Spawn books? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That made a cool toy, though. Well, McFarlane makes cool toys. Yeah, that's what all yeah. of these characters are good for. Toys Fucking that you take awesome out of the toy. context of the shitty story. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, how dare you. <laughs> that baseball. Is that baseball he bought worth as much that we know the dudes had roids when they hit him? <laughs> Like, the dudes are totally jacked up on roids when they hit those home runs, those balls that he bought for, like, eight million bucks. Oh, shit. Um, Speaking of comic books, can we go into the comic books and then video games? Is that cool? I, whatever, man. Uh, let me see what I read. I read it a lot. New Punisher, Wolfman Kicks Ass, Mighty Avengers is good, Blackest Night, we talk about every week. The Blackest Night! <laughs> we just keep quoting Graham. The Blackest the welcome rise. PPRD 1947, Fear Agent Echo. Guys, I've talked about all these books a million times. And uh, I gotta tell you. <laughs> you I, act like the, uh, I the love audience is collectively books. saying, come on, Jonathan. Oh, did you know this new Marvels project that Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting are working on? I don't know about it because you haven't talked about it. Oh, Spider Man 600. Mary Jane came back and she looked like a hot slut. Um, <laughs> now, what did you think of The Unwritten? How did you, you the Unwritten wasn't bad. It's kind of like about this guy who. 
his father writes uh, like, it, like yeah. a Harry Potter, and then he's, his father like disappears, and they wonder whether or not the Harry Potter character was based on him, mm-hmm. on on his son, mm-hmm. who now may or may not have been adopted, and it sounds like he's part of a whole cover up to keep from blowing his celebrity status so they can keep selling these books. It's really interesting, yeah. How far have you read? I only read that first issue. Uh, I'm on. I think there are three issues in, maybe four. I'm, I'm into it. I don't. I might pick it up when it's collected in trade. Yeah, it's a good. It, it, it's a good trade. I didn't buy, think it was bad. Uh, one thing that's cool is Utopia. Dark Avengers and Uncanny X Men are like going head to head in San Francisco over the whole mutant rights thing. Mm. San Francisco's kind of turned into a. Uh, a hotspot when Simon Trask has like this human sentinel army. He's got this virus that turns people into sentinels, and he's using like anti mutant people to swarm San Francisco, and then he's turning them into fucking bad guys. Mm. And the X Men are trying to come down on that, but then of course, this jerk off, uh, Norman Osborn, gets in the way with his Dark Avengers, and they're going head to head. Cyclops is on the run, and if you guys are reading Dark Avengers and Uncanny X Men, both of them are doing a crossover right now with this Utopia story, and I think it's cool. Um, I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, but uh, what was I going to talk about before that? Utopia was good. Um, Marvel's project. This is uh, Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting, and they're doing like the origin of the golden golden age, like World War II heroes, starting with like the two, like the six gun kid or whatever it is, the two gun kid, and. Uh, you start to see the birth of the Marvel Universe That kind of thing The two-gun kid is dying in a hospital This guy inherits his two guns And he starts to think about all these heroes that are coming out You see Namor kick some butt against some Nazis For, for fishing up a bunch of Atlanteans and, um, <laughs> They just caught a bunch of Atlanteans Yeah, well they're like killing Atlanteans And Namor what? comes up and goes You will pay all of you and then he says Imperius Rex and kills them all. At the same time, this guy's invented the Human Torch because the original Human Torch was a robot. And people are freaking out about it. And is it going to be used for good or bad? And they decide to just bury it under cement. So there's all these different World War II spies for either side. They're tr- people are trying to, instead of a race to the moon, like we saw a race into space like you saw in the 1950s, 1960s, this is a race for the first superhuman. Got it. Like, who can get the first superhuman? And Ed Brubaker is a phenomenal writer. We all know that. And this takes place in the Marvel Universe. So I'm thinking that this series is going to end up being about was the race for the the first superhuman what spurred what became the Marvel Universe? You know what I mean? Rather than like the Atomic Age in the 1960s that we know of as like really being an influence on like. You know, radioactive spiders, gamma bombs, right. Fantastic Four getting irradiated. Science gone awry. Science gone awry, which is what that was. Maybe these guys are starting to talk about, hey, Captain America, government experiment. Like, all these, was the, the, the first impetus for the Marvel Universe this thrust towards militarization of the superhuman. So if that's what this is about, it sounds interesting, but you know I'm going to read all six issues because Ed Brubaker is a great writer. Steve Epstein's a good artist. That sounds great. It sounds really good. It makes you think about it. I always want more people-level stuff coming out of the Marvel Universe, Mm -hmm. too. So I was down with the Marvel... Uh, the Marvel's project that this is. The this Marvel's is cool. project. Marvel's I'll have to project. Pick, pick that up. Did it come out this week? It came out a couple, like two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was into it. Uh, speaking of books, um, over on my uh, over on my shelf, real quick, there's a book called uh, King Dork, written by a guy named Frank Portman, who's one of my favorite songwriters. I know him originally as Doctor Frank of the Mr. T Experience. He uh, hasn't put in, they haven't put an album out since 2004. 
but he wrote this book, King Dork, that's been optioned. Um, one of the people we've interviewed on Geekscape, the director of King of Kong, Seth Green, is actually uh, has the movie. It's not Seth Green. What's his name? I was waiting for What's his you. name? What's his I name? I was waiting for it. What's you. the name of this guy who who option who who did a King of Kong? It's on my shelf. King of Kong is on my shelf, right there. Seth Gordon. Seth Gordon. That's it. Seth Gordon. He's optioned it. Uh, King Dork, and um, that movie's hopefully gonna happen. But basically, uh, he has a new movie called Andromeda, a uh, new book called Andromeda Klein that comes out this week. So I'm excited to read it. He's writing King Dork's like adult or young adult fiction. It's about a, a young wannabe rocker in school who starts finding out is his dad really who his dad was, hmm. and it starts to unravel things about him and uh, his current relationships as he's starting to go after girls for the first time. It kind of reminds you of our own Geekscapist James Hargy in uh, New Zealand. Like, who plays the guitar, is going after girls. King Dork is basically his life story. Uh, Andromeda Klein, this book that comes out, is about a teenage wannabe witch alchemist. And I'm guessing that she gets into a bunch of garbage from that. So, we're going to. So, this is a book. This is a book. It's a book. It's a book. And, la- and I think a, a couple of you guys read King Dork when I recommended it years ago, really enjoyed it. And I'm telling you, Andromeda Klein is out this week here in the States. You guys should read that too. We're going to have Dr. Frank do an interview for the show here in a couple weeks and I want you guys to be all boned up on the literature when we do. Boned. So and you're you're a Tolkien geek, right? Oh, I was a huge Tolkien now, geek. I just okay. Now on my quest for Lord of the Rings nerdum, you know, the Hobbit rumors are, are coming out, yeah. you know, apparently they cast Bilbo whatever, in but the, we're still 2 years. Apparently they did? Yeah, they've cast it but they won't tell us who it is. It's yet. The Rock. <laughs> hey, his name is Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne um, Johnson as Bilbo Baggins. Um, but we got two years on it, and so I figured, what a perfect time to start with the Silmarillion, and then read the Hobbit, and then read the Trill. And just, had you not read any of them before? No, I've read them. But, I, but, but you read, but you, you're but rereading I've, them. But I, but I haven't read them chronologically. Like yeah. the Silmarillion. Like is I, the I would, I would think rereading the Hobbit. After reading the original first aid mythology, would 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 inform it and be a little richer. Right. So that's what I, so that's what I'm doing right now. Also, in funny books, if you haven't checked out, you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, right? You yeah. like Sherlock Holmes, right? Yeah, I've got this uh, entire the, the, Sherlock Holmes dynamite, thing hanging right there. Over there. Is Dynamite just put out. Uh, Dynamite's doing a, a comic book issue, I, mm-hmm. you know, writing the wave of the movie or whatever. But it's like three issues in. It's it's good. It's a cla- If you like Holmes, you'll like it. It's I like Dynamite's books. Um, I really loved. You know what? You know what the Inglorious Bastards really reminded me of these Garth Ennis war series that he's doing. Oh, really? I really love them. That's that's a great comparison. It really reminded me of it because it's Garth Ennis's writing, which isn't so far from Tarantino's. Sometimes you have to go for the shock and awe, and sometimes you don't. And I really, really enjoy Garth Ennis when he's just writing people, and he's doing it a lot in these in these war stories. This one, you find him if they're in trade. There's this one dear Billy about this woman who is on an island to, waiting to get rescued when a bunch of Japanese soldiers show up, mm. rape the women, shoot them, think that they killed all of them, move on, and the women are actually then found. She's the only survivor, and she has sworn fucking revenge on every Japanese that comes into her care. She's now a nurse working in, I think, the Philippines for the United States or, the, or for Britain. And she's like, you know what? Any Japanese guy who comes in here, even if they're going to question him, I'm killing the motherfucker. And it's so gross this, the, the, how the revenge just starts to turn her, because now because she's also just she's also falling in love for the first time, 
with a soldier who came and was injured and it's starting to destroy like that entire first like sweet relationship you'd have she, like the revenge in her story and it's so well written it's called Dear Billy and it was part of the last couple of war stories that he did but Dynamite republished those I'm a fan of a lot of their stuff so guys um, we uh, have a problem here with Nar. he is addicted to a recent video game this Xbox Live release Called Shadow Complex. It's 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 had a it's had a lot of it's so fucking great. This Shadow Complex, I'm excited about it because it's 2D. It reminds me of old like like fucking Castlevania, Strider, Metroid. Metroid, and it was and it's written by I think Peter David did the script, and it's based uh, on Empire. Peter David did it. It's based on Orson Scott, Scott Card's Empire. Book. And, and there's actually a lot of controversy because uh, Orson Scott Card is a huge homophobe. No, I'm kidding. He actually doesn't like the word homophobe because he says it gives attributes that aren't true to him. He simply thinks that gay marriage is dangerous. And there are a lot of people in, in America that feel that way. So he's entitled to that opinion. But but a lot of people are boycotting this game. No, are you fucking yeah, serious? Yeah, yes. Shut I, I, the I, no, fuck no, no, up. I spent the entire weekend reading articles on numerous sites how people are boycotting uh, Shadow Complex serious. because of Orson Scott Card's involvement. The same way that they boycotted his comic books that he was doing for Marvel, like 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 Ultimate Iron Man, because of his involvement, people are really hell bent against the guy because he's said such vitriolic things against gay marriage. And it's so funny. They, I know it's hilarious. It's so funny that they don't know even to boycott John Travolta movies. That's right. the funny thing. But you put money in this guy's pocket with the Shadow Complex Gladly. that you're enjoying. This, this fucking game is great. So, so justify for the people out there who uh, aren't able to marry. Well, uh, I, 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 I love. I love what I. What I, I, I started what's, with the what's story. So great about what I love story. About the what's so story great about this? This game is, is the idea of. Um, so basically. You start out, you're going spelunking with your girlfriend. Okay. Right? It's a nice... Uh, I'm oh, I'm already homophobic. Keep, right? keep in mind I'm downloading this pretty soon. I'm pretty excited to download this. Only off of your recommendation and uh, my rampant well, homophobia. Well, don't just take my word for it. Okay. It won nine awards at E3. You know? Okay, you right. know? So, I mean, it's good. Anything um, I can do to, to push the cause back 20 years. So, uh, you're spelunking with your girlfriend. Yes. That's not a metaphor. And... and, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> well, now everything I'm going to say will have a double entendre. Okay. And the only thing you have, uh, she goes ahead. She goes right. ahead of you. Right. And, 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 How cavalier. Yeah. And she's like, I'll meet you down there. Titties. I don't know why. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, 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 and you go in, you play this character named Jason, and you find her backpack, but she's gone. Right. And you're like, oh, fuck. Now, the only thing you have, Whoa. the only thing you have is a flashlight right. at the beginning of this game. So eventually, you you real you're you're searching these caves, and then these caves turn into this like spaceship, base. yeah, no, like, a, like base, a base, okay, like a military base. And then you 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 realize she's been captured by these soldiers, so they're taking her to to question her because they think she's a spy. Right. All right. Pretty straightforward. Well, once you break into the complex and uh, acquire you, more weapons, you start collecting armor. stuff, you know, and these guys are wearing like wicked ass armor, you know, uh, like Delta. Six suits from GI Joe or whatever, and uh, and, so sick. and what you realize, what you realize is that what do they enhance? Oh yeah, f- for sure. And, but 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 you, you start to realize t- like today is like the day of. <laughs> this is so funny. I now their their the plan of this military compound uh-huh. is to start an American Civil War. Oh, okay, wow. and the way that they're gonna do it is by uh, your girlfriend is by liberating san francisco 
Is it now? Oh, I, oh my There's no God. way I'm downloading this homophobic Jesus. game now. Well, I just realized that, like... Dude! No, no. You're supporting... <laughs> no, I'm not. But these are the bad guys! The ones who voted for Prop 8, like you? Stop it. <laughs> um, don't start spreading rumors. Um, but, uh... But no, no. But but basically, they're hell bent on starting a civil war. What they call the restoration. They're gonna take back America, right? But these are the and so you have to stop them. And and so is it kind of like Abe's Odyssey when you start out and you're only like running around with like a flashlight and you can't really do much and you die easily. And now and now as you go along, what was the one yeah. that, that felt like Prince of Persia but was like kind of futuristic? It was cell shaded. What does it look like? Know, what but, is that game? What the fuck is that game? But but you know like you like know everybody knows like you know video games. I know you guys are thinking about it. Video games can be used as propaganda, like especially right. in the war effort. You're like right. they're, they're, they they want soldiers, right? Right. And yeah, you know you think about, it, but you don't like like sometimes like a video game would just hit you over the fucking head with it. Like what the fuck? Like really? And like there's a flashback in this game where it's you and your dad, and your dad's like, what do you mean, what do you mean you're not going in the army? Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, no, dad. And, and you know, it's like totally emo about it, right? Or... And, 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 then, and, then he, and then your dad says, one of these days you'll find something worth fighting for, son. So you yeah, decide throughout the, the course of this video game to fight that you're going to save San Francisco oh. by stopping the army that plans to liberate it. And... Uh, Despite your dad. <laughs> and fuck you, dad. Fuck you, dad. The gays will be free. Possibly the best line in this in this Don't video. Don't spoil game. for me. I'm gonna no, play no, it. No, no, okay. no. But no, you gotta hear this. Is it's it's early in the game. Okay. Is 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 you've just blown away a bunch of guys, and then you say to yourself, "Well, killing's getting easier. I don't know if that's good or bad." Dot dot dot. It's good. And I'm like, yeah. what? Like, really? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what Sam told me once. Yeah, really. Well, Sam never had that quandary, that per that inner quandary. He just goes, I like it. He's liked it from the beginning. Um, long story short, it's uh, highly addictive. It is. The gameplay is amazing. The gameplay is awesome. It's like those old. You have that nostalgia of playing a two D scroller, uh -huh. but it looks it's it's it uses it the Unreal 3D. Engine. Oh wow. Yeah, it looks fucking amazing. Um, and you know it's fun. It's a lot of fun. The web and it, you know the, I had moments in this where like you put on this hyper suit and like you just you like go fucking flying across you know like legions of guys. Mm -hmm. And I literally had this giddy feeling like it was like playing Sonic the first time. Wow. Like an '88 or '89. And you're just flying through the level. And I'm just like, ah, this is fun. I'm going to San Francisco. <laughs> so the game. Uh, the game is called Shadow Complex. Wow. And I'm going to download I, it. No, I didn't know any this. of this shit. Not man. Know, no, 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 you're not not guilty. Not. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're a passive, you know. Participant? Passive participant, okay. yeah. yeah. You're an enabler yeah. to the All cause. Right. What is the, what, what's the name? Darwin's just following orders. What's the name of that video game where you're running around and you're getting helped by aliens and it's like a, a, a something world. What is it called? Bobby's World. You know, and you're, and you're turning... Levers, it's a platformer, and I know the, some of the Geekscapers are yelling it at me, mm. but it was, it had... Like you're it, turning levers. No, you're, you're running around, you're, it's easy to die. Rayman? No, it's not Rayman. It reminded me more of Abe's Odyssey, but it became before Abe's Odyssey, and there, were t there was one, and then the sequel. Ratchet and, it, and Clank? No, it was cel-shaded. It's 2D, nerd. I'll find it later tonight. I'll put the, the graphic up. Uh, 
in front of the uh, on the episode and geekscapes will be like oh i fucking loved that game unless you're really young and you don't remember it from the mid 90s but um a lunker yeah so guys shadow complex you know what i'm excited about too is that uh on the wii downloads mm. you can now get the super star wars game from the old super nintendo mm. and super empire strikes back came out this week next week i think super Imp- return of the jedi those games were some amazing platformers mm-hmm. remember that on super I, nintendo I, I lo- I they love, were phenomenal i love the fact that a lot of these like i just downloaded turtles in time any good they- yeah, I mean, well, it's Turtles in Time, you know. They did, they redid some of the graphics, so yeah, it's right. fucking, it's great. So guys, we are, we just talked about some platform-heavy uh, video games. I'm excited to play them. Uh, if you guys are into it, check out uh, Wind Ninja's Attack on Hulu or Singledom on Hulu. Wind Ninja's Attack, we actually have a pitch about it. We can't going, t- talk to you too much uh, about it, but it's with a cable well. network. Mm-hmm. It's going well. Um, we'll see if you guys see it on TV. That'd be nice. But check that out on Hulu. Also, guys, you can check out Geekscape on Facebook. Go to Facebook, search for Geekscape, and become a fan. Let's get us up there. And, of course, on Twitter, if you guys do Twitter, follow me, Jonathan London. That's my account name. I'll do updates uh, about what's on the front page of Geekscape and Hollywood Outdoor Cinema. Everything we're involved in, you can find it there. You can also find Nar Williams under Nar Williams, Mm -hmm. and he'll talk about Stuff that he should be writing for the Geekscape website. Yep, you, know, you can find me on Twitter at Nar Williams. Also, uh, Facebook fan page, I think, is slash Nar Williams fan. And uh, I'm not into that. Nar People who make fan pages for their own thing, right. like for themselves. I, I didn't make it for myself. Like project. My, oh, somebody did it. My wife made it for me. Oh, well, that's sweet. I might join now just to support Boo and you. So that's sweet. I'm gonna join tonight. So yeah. Yeah. That is our episode, guys. Oh, heads up. Oh yeah, heads up. Watch Heads Up on AT&T. Go to Crave Online and search for Heads Up. But that's our episode, Nar. Tape's going to end. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week on Geekscape with reviews of more stuff, right? So see you guys in a week. But wave at them, Gilmore. Now remove your shirt, Gilmore. I make him do this. Come here. It's party time.